thank y'all yes, so much sir. for coming out to Damon and Damon the podcast. Um, I'm a rapper, so I would probably tell you to make some noise for yourselves at this point. So make some noise for yourselves for coming out in this beautiful afternoon. Um, yeah. Yep. Okay. So we're going to just get it cracking. Yes. Who are you? I'm Damon Davis. I'm Damon Turner. Okay. Didn't so, plan it that way. Nope. Can nope. we get a little bit more volume on the mics, please? Um, so we've been at South By for the last few days. Yep. I'm just curious. I mean, we've been musing and talking about a lot of stuff. So I'm curious, what have you been like sort of thinking about and feeling as you sort of tell the people who you are? Okay. Yeah. Um, well, again, I'm Damon Davis. Um, and I am a storyteller, I guess, a creative. I do music, movies, um, visual art, things of that nature. Um, and over the last few weeks, <laughs> a lot of things have been happening where I'm seeing, like, um, just a lot of my heroes, um, seeing the other side of who they were. Um, and so what I've been thinking about is just, like, uh, this idea of restorative justice, a lot of my friends use that language a lot, restorative justice. Um, but at the same time, those same friends want to cancel everybody. So I'm just confused about life right now. Um, cancel culture. In the, in the circles that I'm in. Um, and so that's what I've been thinking about, like duality in humanity. Um, um, how do we deal with people? How do we not give people a pass? Um, how do you like erase all your happy memories? When um when you've been dealing with some or some art or so, from somebody for so long, um and just and just thinking about like the actual nuts and bolts of the human condition and um and when do we, you know, when do we start uh talking like adults on the internet and start thinking about how do we uh reconcile things and when when do we pass reconciliation? So that, like you know all those yeah. confusing questions, you know right, what I'm right, saying? Right. Because. Some folks just definitely don't need to be a part of You're right. community. Yeah, anymore. they need to Some go. Some people are monsters. They need to you go. You know what I'm saying? And, I, and we've I been agree. seeing this. We've been seeing a lot of things unfold. You know, I'm saying like people like R. Kelly crying in front of Gail. <laughs> like, this is not fly. Like, bro, you don't get any sympathy in this moment because you've you've caused a lot of harm in the community. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's nuanced. I think the point is that it's more nuanced yeah. Yeah. than just, oh, you just did something. I don't understand it. So it's easier for me just not to be in community with you. Yeah. So, like, bro, you cancel your whole humanity's cancel. And, uh, yeah, and how do you, you know, I'm, I'm against prisons, but you need to do something with these motherfuckers, though. Like, and I don't know where to, um, sorry for cussing, whatever, we out here. Uh, like, like what, what do you do with these people that, that, that are clearly going to continue to hurt people? Right. Um, you know what I'm saying? How do you, like, what do you do with them? Uh, and it's so, also a conversation about mental health. Yeah, it you is. You know what I'm saying? Like how are we treating question. people that have actual conditions as opposed to just throwing them into prison? And shout out to our, uh, one of our executive producer or our executive producer, Patrice Colors, and the work that yes. she's doing to fight against just building more prisons to house mentally ill, but actually using that money to, to provide services and actual institutional support for folks. And I think that's also part of the conversation that's not being had openly. Yeah, you know what exactly. I'm saying? It's like, like people are sick, bro. Yeah, yeah, like bad. But then it's people that ain't sick. It's people that'll make up a whole story so they could like look yes. like heroes, and then it like blow up on them. It's just weird. Like the world is a weird place. It is. You know what I'm saying? And it and and maybe it's always been that way. And I just grew up, and I can see it. But I also think that um, because we got access to so much information, we actually can see a whole lot more than we ever could. Touche. Yeah. Touche. I mean, you know, peace to peace to all the folks who may identify as, you know, community activists and, and, and folks who are fighting for the lives of all of our people. And and really this 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 is what this 
podcast is really about is just two brothers having a conversation that we have all the time, yeah. and we just inviting you all into these these spaces. These, these are not episodes; these are literally just continual conversations that we wrestle with because we have these real questions. I mean, folks who have been in the movement spaces, um, you know, a lot of your work has been seen just you know because of the Ferguson uprising. You know, yeah. a lot of your work was very central to the movement. And and I was also organizing with Black Lives Matter five years ago and did a Freedom Ride to Ferguson, which is how we met. Um, I just feel like there's so much pain that people don't have space to have these conversations, yeah. bro. Like, we're all trying to heal. At some point, how how do I even have, have time to think about anybody else if I'm traumatized, if I'm in a space where I can't breathe? And, you know what I'm saying? Which is just, like, really crazy, man. And I think we just need more grace at the end of the I day. Agree. I agree. And no, that's no. just how we find it. Yeah. But, yeah, but, like... That's what I was thinking about. Yeah. What you been thinking about? It's really white out here, bro. Yeah. It's really white. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. It's Agreed. really, really white. Agree with um, that. Shout out to Texas. Shout out to Texas. And shout out to South by. Um, but. South white. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I've been thinking a lot about that. Um, thinking about black spaces that are created out here intentionally. Like, we were at Basel in Miami, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And we saw a lot of folks out there trying to create, like, a counterculture yeah. thing to that. And I'm not sure where those spaces are within South By. Um, but what I've been thinking about is just how do we, how do we build infrastructure where our, our beauty, our, our creativity is celebrated by us in a central way? Um, How do we create infrastructure for financial stability as artists, as black artists, let me be very specific, um, so we can thrive? And and also, how do we just create uh, more spaces to heal as black artists? Because oftentimes we find ourselves sort of um, (sighs) just fighting to be in spaces that are not ours. Yes. Okay? Yes. And that's traumatic as fuck. Yes. When we're in spaces that don't look like us and give somebody the power to tell us yes or no or that this piece has value uh, by their standards, that is a very traumatizing process and experience, as you know. I agree. Doing films, doing 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 music and, and fine art. So I've been just thinking about that shit, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, as a cultural architect, that's sort of my background is wanting to think about how to create more spaces that are intentional. You know what I'm saying? Where... Um, where we have the power from the top down, you know what I mean? And there are a lot of models. There are a lot of cities that are really trying to implore this comprehensive model, like Jackson, Mississippi. Um, Oh, you from Jackson? (laughs) You from Mississippi. Shout out to Mississippi. Damn. (laughs) We in here. Yeah, we out here. I got to talk to you about a couple things. Um, All right. Okay. But yeah, you know what I'm saying? Where like, how do you, how do you, how do you show up in a city where it's all black folk? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And who are really striving to 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 create a change. Um, and I just want to use culture and, and really cool shit to do that. I agree. You know I think saying? that's the best route we got. That's the, that's the thing that changes hearts and minds. You can only bully people so long, make them afraid. And you can only get people to like you for so long, too. So Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. So I use my art, you know what I'm saying, like music, um, event, live events and things like that to really get it cracking. Um, I have a company called Trap Heels. Um, and that's what we're really trying to explore is eradicating poverty in the communities that created a genre. That's a global genre. It's a billion dollar. It's a billion dollar genre, multi-billion. Um, but the people that created that genre are still living in abject poverty. So how do we create new models that actually employ 
and invest in people who are from these conditions while growing this really like Fortune 100 company. You know, the hope is that as a company grows, the community grows at the same time. And you have an incubator slash accelerator space called Farfetch. Yep. Dope logo. Yeah. Put that on a t shirt. That's our label. Um, eight years now. Eight years. And y'all, y'all, y'all are doing something very similar in St. Louis. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, but, and this is also a thing that I've been thinking about because it's not just about creating, quote unquote, creating spaces like cultural spaces, which is like what I've been doing for the last 10 years um, to my demise is asking permission to be inside of a building and then turning that into a cultural destination as opposed to owning the fucking building. And I think y'all are really doing that, you know what I'm saying, out in St. Louis, which is really beautiful. It's like just getting the mad spaces. Y'all got like a, like a, Church, or something? yeah, we got a church now uh, that we that we that we changing into an event space, community space. Another thing is like, <laughs> well, bro, we, yeah, it's crazy, but it's right? not like, but it does, we're not like holding services. Nah, nah, it's not. But, you know what I'm saying? It's not like nah, Reverend it, Damon Davis. It's quite secular. It's a church building. Facts. Quite secular. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Very by much nature, so. By nature, yes, yes. <laughs> but I think in a place like where I come from, like St. Louis, um, like a Detroit. Or, or like homies that I got from Detroit, it's it's like a lot of it's a lot of similarities in the Midwest because we everything's super industrialized, and then one day those jobs went away, and so a lot of people abandoned that, and especially in, in city centers, like white folks would run to the county, run out to like suburbs, and leave the city the way it is, and now we seeing that they want that shit back, so that's why that's how you get Williamsburg, that's how you get these these different places. So one thing that I think is important is to keep. Like, if you didn't want it then, you don't get it now. So keep the ownership in these places that, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, buy back the block on a real-life level and try to keep, like, you know what I'm saying? Then you can create your own, your own infrastructure out of that, you know? Absolutely. And so that's something we're trying to work towards. But, again, if you're starting from a disadvantage, you got to find the money, you got to do all of that, you facts. know what I'm saying? Man. All facts. And, and I think using, like, being really, come on, we have to be honest. Yes. Like, we are living in a technological age, bruh. You dig what I'm saying? And I think, and this is just me, and all the views that are, you know what I'm saying, on this stage are, are, are mine and mine alone. Oh, yeah. But uh, I just feel like in the black community, what I've seen oftentimes that we're trying to really save the 40 million of us that are in this country and like organize the 40 million of us that are in this country in order to like make a, a step forward instead of just being like, bro, I'm going to like connect with the people that understand where I'm at that are tapped yeah. into the frequency that I'm on and that are directly connected to me to make a change, even if it's a micro change. Yeah. Like, niggas are always like, oh, nah, bro, like, we doing this for the people. You don't know all of the people, yeah. man. You don't, all of the people ain't. And all the people don't want. They don't want your help. They don't that. think like you. Like, the idea, like, even black people believe black people is a monolith. And that's how you get played. Like, you know what I'm saying? And anybody Facts. that ain't down with the way you want it, then they a sellout. They this, they, they all of this. Like, nah, just worry about you and your folks for a second. Because you're going you're gonna to run out of breath trying to run for everybody. You're going to burn out. We've like, seen it. Yeah. We've, bro, we've literally seen people burn out yeah. like can't do it no more because then, they're thinking about this holistic picture which is great piece of utopia piece of you know <laughs> what I'm saying like piece of just trying to get everybody to lead the country and do all this dope shit but I, I really I have two kids on this mm-hmm. planet yep. who look to me for resources I have a family that needs support because you know I what I'm saying they're living in those conditions we yeah. both come from yeah, that yeah. and we have people who are ready to make a move right now and I think that's the best way to really uh, start attacking problems and while you're in that space of attacking a problem you're thinking openly about how to connect with other people. That's how we're and I on think, the stage yeah, together. And I think you can do that. And I don't think you got to be, well, another, again, back to duality. When, when you hear somebody talking like, take her or yours, then you think people talking 
um, outrageous radical capitalism. Fuck everybody. Like, no, nah, I mean, I just mean I need my mama to be straight and she got somewhere to stay. And yeah. at the same time, I don't have to do anything that steps on anybody else, right? I don't. Think so, so I don't think I don't I don't think that it's a, a one way or other thing. And I just thought about. This, okay. Yeah. This yeah. completely different from what we were saying. When you said I had a church, it did sound like some cult shit. It sounded really interesting. It sounded interesting. I didn't even catch that until I'm right just now. I'm just but I don't have a cult. <laughs> I mean. Nope. You don't have a cult. Yeah. But you do things that I think, and I've said this before, and I will say this again openly. Like the the world that you create and the vision that you have, if if I weren't doing the same thing, mm-hmm. I would follow you. That's that's great, and and, it's and, and it's not weird. I'm just trying to be honest. It's not weird. It's not weird. Yes. If you look, just look up DamonDavis.com. Look up the world he's created with darker gods in the Garden of Low Hanging Heavens. If you haven't already seen these beautiful images, this Afro surrealism, these images of black bodies as deities now, and this idea of 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 telling our children and ourselves. That we are, we have the power to create life and death. We have the power to create our ciphers. We have the power to, to change the conditions that we're in. That is godly. That is godly. Yeah. And I have a song called God where I say, nigga, you a God. And these kids who are gang members are like, bro, this song gets me charged up, but it don't make me want to kill nobody. That's powerful. Yeah. Right? And so if we're not thinking in those terms of like, we want to help and heal our people, like, like then we're actually doing ourselves a disservice. I'm playing with this cult shit. I'm playing around with that. However, <laughs> I'm just saying you have some you have some really good visions for our people. I'm just, yeah, that's that, what I'm saying. That is beautiful. That is beautiful. And I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, but that's just one of the spaces that you occupy, man. Like you really you hold it down for a lot of a lot of space. And I think it's really smart to take a, a church that has always been assembled in the community for a particular thing or a particular image of a thing, and and put a lot of black people in there. Yeah. Who are doing things that relate to other black people from the community? That's it. Um, I think that's a, that's a powerful transformation, man. Um, and then using you know using technology to really um, to blow this thing out the water, man. And like, and shout out to a lot. And I, I'm just like, I just came back from St. Louis, so I, I'm, I'm charged up with what y'all are doing out yeah, there, man. You saw and like, it. You know, I was on the ground. Yeah, I was on the ground. <laughs> like, I was on the ground. <laughs> it wasn't just on Twitter. I was I was out there. Um, Stripes, but. Shout out to all the people who are sort of putting themselves in position. This is what I think Ferguson did, and this is what I think just like this time that we're in, uh, why it's so powerful. I use art and culture to do my thing. You do the same thing. Other folks use politics to do their thing. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Like other folks are, are, are using medicine to do their thing, right? And I think it's a really beautiful time that we have people in so many areas that can, that can really shift power. Yeah. Right. I mean, you have folks like Kayla in, in, in St. Louis who are really fighting to get the right mayors in office yeah. and getting our elected officials in spaces that will pass policies that, you know, legalize cannabis, for example, legalize cannabis in a particular way yeah. that niggas can have a booming industry out there. So that the black people don't get left out. You see what I'm saying? Jail is full of niggas that were selling weed and now they want to make it legal. But I bet you they Without, don't get none of them niggas out of there. They're not going to try to get folks out. And yeah. that needs to be the biggest, that needs to be like a federal thing. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like a federal order that just legalizes it in a way that there's uh, there's restitution for folks who have been in jail because of it. And yeah. so... Um, but everybody got a lane. And, and back to us not being a monolith. So we do art. We do culture. It's people that do politics. It's people that do technology. Yeah. Right? 
And so we need yeah. all of those folks. All hands on deck. Exactly. We need yeah. all of those folks. Yeah. And that's actually like what, what I'm excited about. Just this panel is going to be uh, a diverse conversation, man. And as we're talking about, you know what I'm saying, like cultural architecture and technology, like tech architecture, um, we're really blessed to have an amazing uh, a young mind um, with us today who we're going to bring up. Um, by the name of Idris Sandu. Make some noise for yes. the young brother. Idris. The young guy. The rock star. You know young what I'm saying? Guy. Look at him. Well, let's get you turned up. We got oh, yeah. Let me get you right. Bottom. Turn the right, mic let me, on. Let me get you right. Let me get you right. But while I'm getting you right, this this young man um, is an architect, and, and he's been very clear about making sure that we don't limit it to a tech whiz. It's easy for folks to just say, oh, you're a tech whiz. Oh, you're a rapper. Oh, you're a fixed yeah. media artist. Like, 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 we're all thinking about how to affect big C cultural change. Yes. And we just happen to do things like amazing coding and freaking augmented reality development and da 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 blah, 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 blah. But he's also flying his fashion. She look at them Balenciagas. You see me. Do you see this? <laughs> this drip. But uh, as we're sort of talking about this tech stuff, man, I, I really want to... Um, and just like how like the beauty and resilience of, of blackness, like you talk a lot about how technology is implicitly biased because we're not at the table in the creation of it. Mm-hmm. I would love for you to just talk a little bit about, about that, man, and, and ultimately how you're, um, how you're trying to tackle that, that issue in the tech world. Yeah, um, I think, you know, when people think of technology or when they, when they think about it on a, on a low level, you know, in tech, um, high is actually low and low is high. So to create on a low level, you need to be able to understand the past to create for the future. Um, you know, when I, when I talk about technology, I try and break it down in, uh, you know, very, very simple terms. And so I think of uh, your phone, which all of us have here. Everyone either has an iPhone or we have a, uh, we have a Google Android phone, right? Um, at the heart of what powers your phone is an operating system. Right, your operating system controls your input and output devices on the phone. So I like to equate uh, your phone as a nation, right? Um, and think of your operating system as the constitution, right? So whoever sat down and initially conceptualized, uh, <laughs> talking that talk, like, yo, I'm trying to like break down, it down, champion. No, 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 go, 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 remove the gender and everything in between often associated with that so the founding people um were were extremely biased towards one side you know so although there are you know liberty and pursuit of happiness we know at the end of the day it benefits one specific demographic group so think about a policymaker or a lawmaker um that wants to really enhance or help their community it's sort of like you know uh it's like a game it's like a game you're in and you can fight for certain things as long as they adhere to the Constitution. You can't go outside the Constitution. You can't create new laws and new amendments and pitch new things that go outside of that. So the same thing with software, right? Uh, the, the, the same type of people that sat down and created the, uh, the, 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 uh, the, the Constitution are the same type of people that are creating these operating systems with inherent bias. So it's like people like talk about the top 100 apps in the store. How many of those are Latino-owned? How many of those are black-owned? How many of those are minority-owned? 
you can't find any because it has inherent bias. And then that, the, the, the even bigger problem with that is the, the, the programming languages, right, um, are usually created by white men. So it's not even just like, oh, diversity in terms of color. It's also in terms of gender and so many different things. Like, you know, I often hear people talk about like geniuses and you hear like Elon Musk, you hear Bezos, you hear these. And majority of the time, 99% of the time, it's not a woman when you hear, you know, the term genius. So these are the things that we're continuously fighting, but it starts with technology. You know, um, we can close uh, the displacement that has happened on an economic, political, and societal level with one generation if we understand on a deep level. You know, so that's why, like, I started off with you must understand history in order to create the future. Understanding how these operating systems and these programming languages came to be what they are today is the direct solution that's needed in order to advance them for tomorrow. So you just said something. You said a lot of shit. said a lot of shit. You said a lot of shit. I tried. <laughs> and it was all fly. It was all fly. But I think you, we, we kind of mused on this a little bit uh, last night, and I'm glad you brought it up right now. This idea that, and this has also been a thing that everybody's been saying, like, you know, because of slavery, like, white folks have had a 400-year advantage over us, right? A 400-year head start uh, over us. And you just said something that I think you sort of, like, glossed over yourself. You said within a generation, we can close that gap using technology. Oh, absolutely. I even think of, uh, you know, people uh, in 2016, they ran a study and found out that most of the data that exists online today was created in the last two years alone. More than history of anything as life forms, I don't use humanity, as life forms have created in the last two years alone has been created, you know, to even uh, excel, you know, the, the entire of, of our life form. So it just shows the, the power of technology. And if we understand on a low level how to create it, we can greatly influence and change certain outcomes without needing to be in the, you know, what you were saying before, which is like, how can I influence when, you know, I'm looking for somebody else that looks nothing like me and, under, and doesn't understand where I come from. Right. I'm looking at that person to understand and give me the platform to change. It's like, nah, you can create it yourself. You know, we see a lot of scooters outside, the birds, the jumps, the lip, the limes, all of those. Like, those are new unicorns that came out of nowhere. You know, nowhere bird and, bird. and just dropped in our community. Bro, bro. Bird is a $2.3 billion company, the fastest growing. Overnight. Overnight. You know, so it's like, we can advocate in the arts in so many different fields. And because it's very hard to put a definite value or it's hard to convert art, right? So if we were to measure creativity in this room, number one, who's going to be the, the judge or who are going to be the judges that get to True. determine that unit of measurement? And, and two, it, it, it varies on so many levels. But with tech, there's, there's definites that can be put on it. So it's easily scaled. That's why you see people that have been in arts that have been advocating and even pushing harder for multiple years. And it's like, all right, you know, let's, let's just say five, 10 mil over 20 years. And now let's look at the same company that's been in tech that hasn't put in that work, but because there was a definite user, unit of measurement, now that's a multi-billion dollar company heading on a trilly, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nah, that's it. I will say this. I will say this. Um, When we talk about technology um, closing the gap, 
when I while you were saying, I just thought like technology is what made the gap in the first place. Gunpowder, diseases, mm-hmm. like that, like that. That was technology at that moment. Oh yeah, we had and we so, had like, people with bows and arrows, and then we had other people with gunpowder. Yeah, and it was technology that created the divide. But I also think about the beautiful thing too. Technology is indirectly responsible for hip hop. Yeah. Yeah, you know? and a lack of like music programs in school yeah. too. But but like, uh, <laughs> but yeah, like yeah, right? record players and, and and like when 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 the synthesizer <clears throat> dropped, when it was like affordable, when like the like the beat, well, the sampler dropped and it was affordable to get to, mm-hmm. that changed the entire way music was made. Yeah, so it's like yeah. you know, you even have to look at the definition of what technology is as it applies to. Um, you know, work, being able, or if, if, even if you measure what work is, you know, energy used over a certain amount of time. So technology automates that process for us. I like to tell people that technology is never biased. Never. It can't be biased. But it's the people behind that create the technology or influence that can choose to infer a bias or not. You know, so as long as we know what motives we have and we use that as a vessel to tell our messages, we'll always be in control and we'll always have the narrative. So it's not tech bias it's algorithm bias you know it's inherent bias it's all these things that we're already seeing in america now that are fueled on a higher level due to technology yeah for sure um just like a a gun can't kill a person the person has to use a gun to kill a person it's a tool right to get something done and because of tech i know who you are you know what i'm saying like (laughs) because of because of uh at least because of nipsey hustle um, putting you putting you in a position in front of hip hop, I was like, oh shit, let me look this brother up. Started following you, and I remember when you started using your your IG stories when they were just starting that to sort of like reach out, like who in my network knows Elon, who knows Jaden, who knows these people because I need to talk to them. I'm like, oh shit, all right, it was hella cryptic, hella coded, it was dope, but utilizing the tool to sort of get what you needed to get across was really important, man. And I, I'm always curious. Were you about to say something about that? Yeah, I'll let you. Uh, I'll, I'll let you finish that though. All right. No, I'm. I'm always curious, man, to to think about one, two things. One, I don't know if hip hop as a whole is ready for what you're offering, mm. right? As far as a perspective, as far as the technology, I know there are some like outliers that are like into it and trying to really push the needle. What do we need to do? What do you think we need to do as a as a culture to sort of like be ready for that? And maybe that's hip hop, maybe that's the cannabis industry, maybe that's activism, maybe that's whatever. What do we need to do as a culture to be ready for this next this yeah. next perspective in, in, in the tech world? Yeah. Wait, wait. Hold on, wait. What are you about to say? Let's not going. have this conversation on the record. No, no, no. Okay, uh, cool, 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 cool. Maybe. I'm Shit, just I don't know. Like, <laughs> hold up. Wait a minute. Is, you know, like what I was gonna say is when we started this, we was talking about how we ain't worried about every motherfucking body. So get to the people that you can get to, you know what I'm saying? And then those people influence other people. Same. Sure. Yeah, yeah, but go ahead. And That was still know, a good question. I'm just saying, like, yeah. maybe he don't got, maybe the whole hip-hop ain't ready, but maybe, maybe there's the, people, yeah, 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 maybe yeah, there's yeah. people in there. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. About, about two years ago, I felt the same way. I was like, you know, I was doing, like, lectures at UCLA and stuff like that, and I was like, all right, now everybody gonna get this message, but the people that you know, that do, they will go on and change the world. That was my mentality. I was like, all right, I can't save everybody. Not everybody ready for this message. People don't care. You know, how am I going to get somebody in the hood that probably only knew banging their whole life to want to code, right? That was my mentality. But I realized it's not that they didn't care. It was that they weren't exposed to it. So 
you know, you mentioned something that was very interesting because that, that puts me in the position I am now. Uh, that collaboration with Nipsey Hussle. Nipsey Hussle and I came together, fused our, uh, you know, similarities. We were talking about vertical integration, which is a form of business that says control the whole supply chain, make the product, get the raw materials, market it, do everything yourself rather than outsourcing it. We had common alignments. And when we did that collaboration, I didn't understand the impact it would have. So I was in the same mentality, like, not everybody gonna get this message. People don't. Not everybody, you know, cares about it. But then I was literally on IG and I got a DM from this dude, and he was a banger. And he literally said, "Hey, yo, bro." I was like, "What's good?" He like, "You literally just saved my life." And I was like, "How did I? Like, I don't even know what you're talking about." He's like, "I was just about. I literally was about to go kill somebody this morning. I had a gun in my hand. I knew exactly who I was about to go kill, and I was about to go do that. There was nothing that was gonna change my mind." And then I have so much respect for Nipsey Hussle and saw what you did with him and saw how he delivered you to the front doors of hip hop and how you spread the information and how you're making it cool and you showing that you could be, you could be, you know, intellectual, whatever that means, right? And um, fuse it with programming to do different things and you inspired me and today I'm going to put the gun down and I'm going to pick a laptop up. So where can I start? So to me, that transcended everything. If this was a spectrum, I would look at like, you know, uh, uh, a preppy kid over here on one side, now look at Banger on, here, on this side. So everything in between is that gray space in that area. So that showed me that, nah, people do want the information. It's about how you deliver it to them. Anything can be said. It's about how it's said. You know, and you need to show people how things work for them. So you hear all these new things like machine learning, AI, blockchain, Ethereum, all of these things. It's not that people don't care. You just need to show how it can apply to their lives. It's like if I'm a music producer, how can Ethereum or blockchain help me distribute my music and become the boss so I don't have to go to Spotify, I don't have to go to these platforms, I could do it myself. And you show me, oh, okay, cool. Now I'm interested. But if you're just talking about it, you know, on a, on a, on a very high yeah, level, it's yeah. like that really doesn't benefit me. So nice. I feel like that's what we can do now. Expose people to the raw information through exposure and show them different various ways it can apply to their lifestyle and have them adopt it. <sighs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as a cultural architect, bro, I'm like, that's, that's what I think about often. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like how to make this conversation cool culturally you know what i'm saying for Hip-hop. for the next generation exactly you know what yeah. i'm saying fashion and it you, starts with this right here yeah. you know this conversation and we're not even dumb but this is so important because i feel like just like fire fire helps us cook food but it can also burn us yeah so we're talking about the positive and negative effects of technology all at the same time it's not binary it's quantum it's zero and one and everything else in between you know so it's this right here. This is the conversation that needs to happen. Not sugarcoating, making it seem like tech only has positive, it has negative effects too, just like anything in life. But we can tailor it, you know, to fit our needs. Yeah. I mean, I love that. I love that we were talking about like the bias, the implicit bias around like tech and like what we saw even, you know what I'm saying, during, during the uprising that was happening in Ferguson. Like a lot of these tech companies were silencing a lot of these yeah. activists, you know what I'm saying, who are on these platforms. Yeah. But a lot of the racist folks who were uh, against these activists were able to spread their messages on these platforms, man. And that was just like a really interesting thing. We first started talking about, you know what I'm saying, like how, how Twitter, you know, likes to shut folks down, how Facebook likes to shut folks down. And I think this is like a really awesome segment, I think, just to bring Patrice up, um, one of the co-founders of Black Lives Matter, because recently we saw that how that narrative was just really used to sort of uh, shit on my nigga 21 Savage. 
You know what I'm saying? And and it was got to like give it up for Patrice. Yeah, yes, Patrice <laughs> was about to frame. Was about to frame it real quick. You know what I'm saying? Uh, until you know what I'm saying? Like 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 BLM, um, uh, Baji, um, uh, Color of Change. These folks really got together to to really rally and, and advocate for brother and using social media to do that. So yeah, one more time, make some noise for Patrice Color Show. Yes. Sure. Hello, hello. Yeah. There she is. Um, so I, I would love for you to just sort of double dutch in um, as, as, first of all, as an artist and organizer, right, how do you sort of see your, just like the transition from everybody just seeing you as like a figurehead of, of like the revolution, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> like, and, yeah. and, and, and the movement, but like really using because you were using a lot of creative tools to get a lot of this stuff done. So just sort of like, how do you see yourself in that space now um, as opposed to five years ago? Um, hi, everybody. Yeah. It's a pretty room, right? It's gorgeous. It's like so pretty outside. <laughs> gorgeous. Um, thank y'all, um, Damon and Damon and Idris, for such an amazing conversation. I got third, I like filmed the first 30 minutes. Hey, it's lit. So, I know. Um, you know, I'm appreciative of the entire conversation and um, thinking a lot about the impact social media has on everything and all of our movements. It's a blessing and it's a curse, right? And it's all the in-between. Um, with, with 21, I think a lot of folks, when he, when he first, you know, when he was first detained by ICE, um, I was actually shocked by the internet, <laughs> I was like, y'all, this, like, he just got arrested and detained by, like, one of the most vicious law enforcement agencies, and we're cracking jokes about him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, you know, the first thing I thought when I, when I learned about his um, detention, this is how I am, the, this is how I am with my whole life. Like, I'm like, we got to start a campaign. Like, that's how we going to deal with this. Like, it's just, that's how I interact with, with, um, these these entities, and so I went straight to Color of Change and was like, we should you know do a petition. And the petition was symbolic um, because, to be honest with you, we did deliver those petitions to ICE, and they said you can't. They refused the petitions. Never in the history that I've done campaigning has an, an, uh, a public agency refused petitions from the public. So that just shows you the mentality of ICE, but. What it, what it was, it was, about, it was about exposing the issues around black immigration. Because every black American, a lot of black Americans, don't believe that immigration is a black issue. And the minute that 21 was arrested, people sort of joked, oh, he's from the UK, he's not black anymore. Um, and we decided to listen to ICE first. ICE came out with a bunch of lies, right? We could have a whole conversation about Jesse Smollett mm-hmm. and deciding to yeah. listen to law enforcement first. Mm. Um, and what we ended up finding out pretty quickly within 48 hours is that ICE lied about everything, about when he came into the country, about why he was arrested, about having convictions. And so part of the work, this is all storytelling, you know, it's all narrative shifting. 
And at the end of the day, who has the ability to tell the story? And I think the brilliance of social media is that allowed us to actually have the agency to tell our stories. And I think the next step is figuring out how we create the tool first so that we aren't having to use their tool to tell our stories. Facts. Fire. <laughs> Heat. Um, I ain't got nothing. Go ahead. I was trying to have a one word thing like y'all was doing, but I fell short. Quantum. Cold. Quantum. <laughs> Smoke. <laughs> okay, we done. Are we really going to do this? Just keep going with the words. That was so fire. But yeah, I, I, I just kept thinking like language. Like like even when we telling the story, we writing it in English. Uh, that's probably not the language of my ancestors. We still writing it in their language, just like like you were saying. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's not only being able to tell the story, but being able to control the language itself. Like, things are repeating. If you really look at it, what's happening or what's happened, you know, throughout uh, the mystery. I don't use history, um, but what's happened is you're starting to see yeah mystery missed story missed story but it's pronounced mystery but it's missed story so it's like you were taking you know the true story was taken away from you and you were given that but that's a whole nother conversation um but you're starting to see what's happened in the past repeating itself in many ways through this digital era you know so the same way that we have like the thought police and you have all these things like and it takes the right people it takes you know, in tech, I feel like there haven't been too too many people that are like, you know, can understand the tech on the highest level, but also could connect with the culture on the highest level. Because then you have like someone like me going into Twitter and being like, yo, on some Malcolm shit, like that ain't cool that you suppressing the hashtags by 70%. And I know this is happening because I know how the algorithms work, you know, and they don't have people usually, it's like there's so much shit that's like, you know, buried under the rug and put under the rug. It's like, oh, nobody going to find out. But now we're living in an age where because this dialogue is transpiring and we all have so many different backgrounds and the audience has so much different backgrounds, it's like the conversation are transpiring. So now people go and the information age has started and we go, all right, just like Patrice was saying, the tools on the infrastructural level need to happen. You know, because it's like, as much as I, I love Black Panther, Marvel made all that money, though. You know, they, and it's they like did. they did, and it's like the the that that becomes a conversation. Everything comes down to infrastructure, and it's not just on an economic level; it's a political level, it's a socioeconomic level. It's so many levels, and once we understand that, if we have the infrastructure, we cannot be controlled in any way, shape, or capacity, and we can tell the story the way they need to be. To, it needs to be told. They say the best stories are told by the people that experience it firsthand. Every other version is a watered down version. Every other version. I want to say something to that because I, I think it's in, incredibly important, which is p- part of the, the work. What ends up happening when we do end up having our own infrastructure is there's a, a serious persecution of black people. I mean, time and time again, right? From the reconstruction um, to the rise of the, you know, the black power movement, you know, the idea of black people controlling our destiny is incredibly, I don't think it's just scary for white people, I think it's infuriating. I think it, I think it pisses them off. And so the response to us is a response that I don't believe our generation was ready for. 
So, you know, we talk about all the misinformation around 21, but all the mis- misinformation around BLM started online. Someone started that shit. Like, someone, you know, I don't know how many people believe that Soros started Black Lives Matter. I'd, I've traveled all the way to London, and the first question, I was like not even in the city. I was like in some small beach town, and the first question a black person asked me was, can you tell me more about the George Soros money you got? And I was like, wow. George Soros? So, but the, the idea <laughs> that we can have control over our destinies, I think it's like a lofty idea, and I think we have to fight for it, but there is this, this real backlash that happens towards us and our communities. And I think that's a conversation that we end up getting to once the backlash is happening towards us. Yeah. And I think we actually need to start there. Yeah. And be proactive and be ready for that. Because like you said, there's so many examples. You know what's going to happen. So you should be prepared. You should be preparing yourself for, it, for when they come around. And I think, Damon, you could even, t- both of y'all could, you know, as artists, both of y'all could even touch upon this, like the idea that, you know, when Jay st- started Title there was like a huge thing. It's not going to work. Da, 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 da. Yeah. And all this while, he's like, you know, the spook that side by the door advocating for y'all, you know? And then you start hearing all these things. They, they ramping up the, uh, the streaming numbers, da, 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 da. but it's like, you're not saying any of these to the other platforms. At all. At all. But and it's like, because it's growing over there. That money keeps growing. And it's growing. very fearful. Yeah. You know, but if we put ourselves in a position where it's like, it's undeniable. Like, we were talking in the house yesterday about how social media, it seems everyone's addicted on their phone, whether you like to admit it or not. We all need this device, whether we like it or not. And I was asking Patrice, it's like, I feel like there's something that's like, and it's, it's irony because it's like a, a, a what is it, oxymoron, oxymoron um, or oxymoron in uh, terms yes, of... Yes. See, my, I updated my operating system in real time. Uh, Oxymoron. I thought a schoolboy Q, and I was like, "Oh, he got a song." You know, that, so, that needs to be like the name of some but, blockchain shit. Right. Oxymoron. Yeah, there it is. That sounds like, like some, right, money you probably made that word. <laughs> nah, but if you look at uh, the idea that there's a um, there's a vol- what it, it was voluntary uh, compulsion or something like oh, that. What you said. Forced consent? Forced consent. That's the age we're living in right now. Forced consent. So it's like, because of the fear of missing out, that's not, a, that's, not a, uh, that's not an external thing. That's an internal thing. We all want to be a part of something. So it's like you download a new app, and there's something called the EULA, the End User Licensing Agreement, right? And that's basically a contract of adhesion. We all scroll through it. We never read it. There ain't nobody in this room that's ever read that whole thing. <laughs> don't lie to me. <laughs> no, we I'm annoyed by it, right? usually. Yeah. Right? We don't this. read it, and we click accept. And if you don't click accept, watch what happens. The app closes, and you can't use it. To, so it's like it's almost forced, and that's the scary part of it. There's just so many infrastructure where they bet on that. They, like, it's almost like we're going to put billions of dollars into this media platform or whatever because we bank on that. We bank on the uh, instant gratification, the dopamine rush, all of that. And it's, it's crazy. So, yeah, when they do see infrastructure, because it's like, I mean, to me at least, I feel like, you know, once you understand all those things, I feel like the fear is they're going to expose the truth. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's what it comes to majority yeah. of the time. I also think when we talk about um, setting up those infrastructures, like back to title, right? So title specifically um, is the highest 
paying platform for an artist, right? So not only are you you taking power for yourself, because if you was just like the rest of them, it would just be me eating, and I'm going to keep eating on my own. But when you start to change up the um, the principles of the game, when you start changing the rules of the game, and now you letting new players in, I think that makes a lot of people worry because they think that somehow, because if you live in a place of scarcity, that that means that's going to take money, that's going to make me broke by giving other people more, you know? And um, I think that that's why I think not only the people that at the top get scared about it. I think also, I think a lot of people that don't, um, that are comfortable with the stories that they've been told, yeah, I get a, be, be afraid of it too. And that's why I think a lot of that backlash came from title. Yeah. A lot of that backlash comes from, from um, entrepreneurs um, that are of color or women or LGBTQ people because you fucking with my worldview now. Like, you fucking with my worldview. And, it, and, it, and, and like, that means that the, the, I've been told a bunch of lies. That means everything ain't true. And now I got to sit in a car somewhere in the dark and figure out everything. And like, why well, I'm not rich? Oh, damn, it wasn't my fault. It was, yeah, the whole system was fucked up, you know? So I think a lot of people have a visceral, just get that shit away from me. That's a very moment. interesting yeah. So So is the thing then that we need to get out of this... Ah, oh, never mind. I don't even want to go there. Right, go ahead. What's going? What's you can't start and not know, tell the people. Man, yeah. damn. No, I, I think this idea of like building infrastructure. I mean, we look at you know, what I'm saying cities like Flint, yeah, where like with a ridiculously poor water system, mm-hmm. right? Um, the piping that they're using is like it, it's not working anymore, mm-hmm. and people are intentionally not pulling that shit up and putting new new piping, right? Is is the idea that we need to try and fix this country, which we've done for a long time, we've tried this thing? Or are folks really about that, like, are we really about the action to, like, to, to invest our cultural cachet into other spaces globally? I think it's both end. It is both end. And I, and I, and I say that because I think about the Panther Party and their slogan was survival until revolution. So it wasn't about like just gunning for what we're going to do or how we do it because we have to live right now. So we have to be dealing with these entities to get the boot off of our neck just a little bit, but we can't stop there. And I think, you know, people may be like, well, what does Black Lives Matter have to do with this conversation? Because when we started BLM, it wasn't just to talk about black death. The media created that. The media took that and then used it for their news cycle. But we were never just talking about black death. We were literally right. talking about black vision, right. a black future, a black present, where we can live with our dignity, our humanity, our full and whole selves. And I think we have to be able to stop shit while it's happening, yeah. but also build towards something for us. Yeah. yeah. Which I think is, is going to be a big conversation that black folks are going to have to wrestle with is this idea of ownership. Like, and it's okay to own some shit. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and, and <clears throat> because it was a very, it was a moment where, where um, I've all, I, I've rejected this idea of capitalism. You know what I'm saying? Like, nah, we got to just get it. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't want to be like my oppressor and all these other things, but then missing opportunities because the person that heard this idea took that shit and became a billionaire. You know what I'm saying? So like, you, we just need to wrestle with that period. Like we're in this country, we need capital to win. Um, especially we're talking about expansion outside of the space. Um, and I think that's a very important thing. And I just want to put some shit to death real quick. In that moment when Black Lives Matter was created, there was a conflation of all these other organizations that became the Black Lives Matter movement. 
and folks who may have gotten money from George Soros were, were bunched into this thing that was the Black Lives Matter movement, and that was then the stigma of this organization um, firsthand. That's for any journalist that's in this room. Just Let's get this record straight once and for all. That's South by Southwest in the blackest space on the, on, on the campus. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and so, but there was a moment where, where I think we were having a conversation, just be in, in all transparency, around like who's going to own Black Lives Matter mm-hmm. like, as a name. Right, and there was a lot of conversation and pushback and tension around. It's not any one person's thing; mm-hmm. it's the community's thing. And in that process, there was no trademarking, there was no copywriting. We just we just did shit. We just pushed people off, like you were saying. Um, and then now it's a fight to like who really owns the name, and 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 we're just fighting to to really just retain that that information. So I think on the front end, as we're developing things intentionally, it is important that we are owning our ideas and intellectual property, our creativity as well. I actually want to expand on that to Damon yeah. to hear what Damon Davis and Idris think and believe because this is, to me, it's this, one of the single most contradictory things as an organizer who, at least in my training, was trained to be for the people, by the people. You do not own the movement. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I'm, and with that, I have a lot of, I don't regret, but I have a lot of, I would do things differently. Because what it meant for us not to own the thing meant that other people got to decide what they did with it, specifically corporations, not led by us. Um, so it, you know, I don't know, if, I don't know if I would change that, but there's something in there that the naivete, I think, didn't allow for fuller engagement around that. And I'm wondering... Yeah. Just from your own vantage points. Me personally, I I learned on the job and a lot of what like in Ferguson, like when I when I met you and I met a whole lot of people, I was doing a whole lot of visual work, like like just doing creative things for the movement and I wasn't asking for nothing. But I also make stuff that's com- coming completely out of my heart and my mind and I own that shit. So I think that there's a there's a balance that you could do, you know, it's it's a it's it's a tightrope. It's a tightrope because you don't know what's going to hit and what's not going to hit and stuff like that. But um, sometimes I just think that uh, I don't want to get – I'm with you. It's like it's, a, it's, it's super contradictory because you don't want to get too caught up on money because, because, one, you close access to all of these people you say you fucking fighting for because most of the people are still poor. Like my parents, my family's still in the hood. You feel what I'm saying? But – for us to, for me to make sure that they okay, I gotta find money somewhere, right? Right. So, so it's like, it's a, um, it's a back and forth that that specifically, like, I guess people, uh, like, like people from from a different e- economic class, and another every, and not all black people can relate to this. That's what I'm learning as I get older. That it's people that grew up on a whole nother like planet comparatively to me, and I thought that. Um, because of messaging and stories and the shit that I got from TV and what I saw around me was that that's the, like poverty was black. Those were synonymous, right? Mm-hmm. Like that, like the, the Cosby show was the only motherfucking place I saw anything remotely outside of that because in real life and then when, when, when a movie would come out like Boys in the Hood, all of that, that looked a lot more like what the way I grew up than, than other people. Um, but it, it's a constant struggle for me. Like it keeps me up at night to know... Um, what, what I should be keeping for myself. How hard should I fight for the ideas that's coming out of my head? And how much of it is for the greater good of the people? Because, like, for, for people I care about. Because I'm not, I'm not really all that in love with money. And I hear, like, like, like people is really, like, really fucking like money. Like, just the idea of it. I just want it so I could do shit. 
Like, I just want yeah. to show, it's a resource. It, it, like, you know what I mean? I don't want it to just have it. Like, Scrooge McDuck <laughs> swimming in the shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no, there's no point to it. Like, there's no point to it if you can't do nothing with it for no money. Spitting out gold coins. You know, like, <laughs> diving in that shit. I feel like what both of y'all, the two dames, Damon Squared, what, what, what they both said Branded. was very, very, very important. And I'm actually, like, continue where you left off, which is I feel like part of that is the purity of who we are and what we stand for, but also the conditioning that we've been taught to shy away from that. And, you know, we're starting to see to scale up, to be able to create. You need human, you need natural, you need, you know, man-made, you need all the uh, life form-made, you need all these resources to be able to scale up. So it's like, I don't think it should be a conversation anymore where we like, nah, like, to be able to influence and impact in the age we're going on in this tech-driven world and you know, capital driven world, we need to be at those same tables. We yeah. need to be able to, you know, get out that mentality of like, nah, you know, it's just like, you know, we were talking last about the idea of voting and people like, I ain't gonna vote, I ain't gonna vote. Well, if your vote didn't matter, why would they be taking it away from you? Why are they trying so hard to take it away from you? And it's the conditioning that we've been told, either first person, second person, or third person. Someone's you tell you, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. This is not good for you, blah, blah. But it's like, if you know where your intention is, you know, you really don't have to worry about that. And I remember Patrice and I were, were discussing something in New York that was very, very important that I feel like a lot of people need to understand. I feel like you can break it down even more is, you know, when people think of blast, um, uh, um, hashtag Black Lives Matter, they, they think of just a hashtag, but there were actually people orchestrating before it happened. It just happened that this trend of hashtag happened at this time that it was able to ride that wave out. But there were people orchestrating and building and, you know, uh, coming together as a community to address these issues. It's not just, you know, okay, cool, we have those elements where it's like, it's a hashtag, it lives online. It's, it's real. It's not just online. It's a real physical place with physical people that are doing this every single day. You know what I mean? 24-7. So I feel like you could... Yeah, no, I think that, um, well, I say this, the, the hashtag, for what my, my, my thing, I be, my shit begins in Ferguson. Like, that's where my shit begins with this. That's the first time I heard Black Lives Matter. But yeah. that, that hashtag exists before I that, I thought it was right? a hashtag, too. But not until niggas start burning shit down and white folks got scared, was it on the cover of things? Yeah. And it was like, for me, I didn't see it. Mm-hmm. I, like, I didn't see it. And, like, then Baltimore happened. And then, it, then like, and that's what, that's what she was saying. It's a media cycle. So what's the best thing? To lock all this in. What's the thing we keep hearing them say? What's the catchiest thing mm-hmm. in the most? Yeah. And then, like, boom. Now it's like, and now you wasn't even in control of that. Now you got to answer for some shit that somebody else wrote somewhere, you know, like, and made up a whole story about you. You ain't got no control over that. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's like, um, for me, the, the yes, it's, and, and, bef- and before it was a hashtag, you was out there. Before that, you was, you was organizing. Like, this is, a, this is an age-old fight we fight. And I think a lot of niggas be thinking that they just, we just got here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, this shit predates most things. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like the stoplight, you know, like little shit. You think <laughs> that you don't even, you take for granted. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, niggas was fighting then. You know what I mean? Like, back then. You know what I'm saying? So, so it's like, um, I, it's, it's good to, to, to think about where we stand in history, but also understand that we we just we building on something that somebody else did, and they, and they building on us. So uh, the hashtag is it's, it's going to be remembered in this moment, but I don't think that um, I don't think it's the beginning or the end. And if we get too caught Facts. up in that, yeah, if we get if we get too caught up in that, we get lost. You know Facts. what I mean? So then back to back to you. 
Like, <laughs> no, I'm not saying. I'm saying I'm with you. But I'm saying like back to where where do we draw the line? Like yeah, like like do I forget about it? The work that I did, the thing I did, and then let somebody else run with it? No. Nope. Or, or because we make nope. up every fucking thing and they take that rock and roll, jazz, hip hop. When do we be like nah, blood? Like this mine. You <laughs> nah, know, this mine. Today this is mine. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think I think we do it all the time. You know, I think we just do it all the time. Like whether it's by like little things, you know, whether it's a side eye to be like, no, you're not going to do that this time. Or being like, no, we did create this. I mean, that's what we had to do with BLM. Litigation. We had to literally intervene. <laughs> we had to literally intervene and be like, wait a second, guys. Like this is who actually started this. This is what this means. <clears throat> and I think unfortunately living under white supremacy you got to do it over and over and over again because we also live in a country that has amnesia yeah bad, it, it bad. never remembers what it did <clears throat> it barely remembers where it came from so we have to we unfortunately have to be like the reminders all the time we have to be the reminders all the time and that shit is exhausting which is back to the point of like why we need our own infrastructure. We gotta do all the work. <laughs> yeah. I gotta cook the food. Wait, I gotta grow the food, cook the food, but feed you, the hog, wash the dishes. Yeah, everything. Yeah, to that point, you know, I went to a panel with this architect yesterday and he was talking about, you know, how um, in the age we live in now, where if you architect a building, it shouldn't be reminiscent of history it should stand up to or it should be a reflection of that time period right so when i think about this infrastructure that we create it needs to be to that time period you know how do we preach this message and how do we uh, you know engage in different forms of activism but also taking into account the trends that are happening right now knowing that technically technically you only have 60 seconds yeah. on ig or whatever or 15 seconds to get somebody hooked 15 seconds to get them hooked the rest of the 45 to get them engaged as a way that they should continue yeah. right so it's like how do we take advantage of all these trends and some companies have 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 used it and have influenced it there's some media come i'm not gonna name them but it's like they figured it out and then they use this wrong thing it's like the 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 I catch you when it, you know, you ever like be going through your grammar, you just see something that like catches your eye and it's not what it appeared to be. You got catfish online, but not like with people, but with an event or something like that. And, you know, so I feel like that's also very important for us to realize too. Like, you know, take all the information that we've had because this fight has been happening yeah. for decades. Century, like yeah. this isn't new. Like that's a crazy thing. And but Jesus, so right, because I've had a conversation with so many of my peers about that. Like they be like they see something. We're so desensitive now. It's like you see something. Yeah. You could literally see somebody getting severed, and you be like, "Oh man, that's cold. Should I retweet it or not?" <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna keep scrolling through. That's, that's literally process. what yeah. happened. That's and process. we've been trained. It's like guys, like there's a bigger thing happening. There's, you know, that's like a whole other conversation. But there yeah, are man, there are powers working to understand that that the dopamine rush, everything, the instant gratification, the sixty second pitch frame, it's like, just imagine like you being, you know, home in the nineties, taking a DVR record and putting the tape in, and every fifteen seconds you pop another one. And that's what's happening with social media. Yeah, you know, so it's like somebody even talks to you, and now the 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 the, the time span or 
you know, the time you even give somebody when they're explaining something is like cut down to 15 seconds. So how do we take account of all of these? That's my question, too, for everybody. It's like because we're still figuring it out. And I feel like the beauty of all of us here and we've done it publicly internally is acknowledging that we're only life forms. We don't have all the answers, but as yeah. a community, we could figure them out together. Yeah, I mean, right. that, we, we launched, I mean, shameless plug, we launched a brand called Ungoogleable because trying to tackle that piece. Right? Yeah. It's um, fire. The you idea know that like, like I'm, I actually don't want people to get off their phones. I want you to, to, to learn it because, you know what I'm saying, uh, we have a two-year-old who has an iPhone. I was like, that's crazy. But I'm like, damn, he actually is born into this technology. My daughter was born, she's 14, I was born into this technology. And they're going to be able, very similar to your story, they're going to be able to like, um, like decode it. They're going to break it open and understand what's happening inside of it at an early age, uh, way sooner than we had an opportunity to understand it. And I think that's important. So that's one half of it. But I think we also need to get offline and like have these eye-to-eye conversations so we don't technically lose these motor skills of like talking to people in real life. Because that's the thing that's happening, too. Like, <laughs> like folks don't know how to act. I, had a, I literally was talking to somebody who was like, I'm sorry, I can't really talk to you in person. I can just text you, though. I'm like, but you're across the table from me, champion. <laughs> like, oh, just wait. holla at me. What are you thinking right now? Episode. <laughs> They're like, bro, let me just text this idea I got to you. And so this idea of like being ungoogleable is still important um, to just like really hold space for folks. And I think just like cause as we wrap up, I'm curious, what are some like just like last thoughts that folks want to leave the folks um, just in the space? Yeah. Me? I just sure. think we all just, I think a lot of this conversation, what I got out of this is that we are in a continuum, right? We're not the beginning or the end, but we got new weapons that other people didn't have. So... What you say? What you say earlier today? You you uh, you eat the meat, you spit out the bones. That's what mommy used to tell all, me. It ain't all good. That's what but you take me. what you need and what you could get, and you use it for what good you could do. Yeah, that's what my mom said. Peace of time. Um, just uh, thank you, gratitude for folks here in the audience. It's always weird to like be in a panel thing. I'm not a big fan of them, but I thought this was a great conversation, and I appreciate y'all holding the space. Yeah. He's like, I want to no, drop no, the mic. No, 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 no. I want to drop the actually, mic. Actually, no, <laughs> no, no. Let me go now. Let me go now. I'm sorry. Go. I'm sorry, Damon. Go but, you know. um, I feel like the last thing I would like to leave is what we were talking about at the house, um, which is we must teach people how to fish and give them their own fishing rod. And I feel like it's been historically, like we've, historically, right? <laughs> um, we've always held information to ourselves. It's like, oh, if I don't do it, I'm going to die with it. Or I'm not going to spread it to many people as, people, uh, as possible. You're part of the problem if you're, I'll teach you how to fish, but I'm not giving you a fishing rod. It's like, what's the point of teaching me how to fish then? You know, we need to spread information to as many people as possible. And like Pac said, you know, we must spark the next generation. If, even if we know we won't benefit from it, we must give that information. That's that's what we must do as life forms. So that's just my my two cents that I have to end with. That's very important. There you have it. Boom. God bless you and good night. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> make sure you follow us on IG. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that. Holla at us on the gram at, at Listen Damon. Uh, but no, seriously, thank you all so much. Thank you, South by Southwest, for having us. Yes. And that's our time.